Today on Anatomy of Movie, we talk about Goldie Hawn's return to cinema with the fun Amy Schumer comedy, Snatched. Stay tuned. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's Anatomy of a Movie. Hello, everybody. <laughs> and I'm a white boy with I no wigs on. So they can all dance. I'm just going to bump my hat. You charity. I'm going to raise a roof. Yeah, Hello, like everybody. With one hand. <laughs> Welcome back to the Popcorn Talk. We are here doing Anatomy of a Movie show. Covering Snatch, the fun Mother's Day film. Starring Amy Schumer, Goldie Hawn. I'm your host, Marissa Serafini. You can follow me on Twitter at Serafini TV. Joining me, I have Dimitri Panos. Hey, again. hey, movie fans. Hi, Marissa. Again, Hi, how are you? How I you feeling? Like we just did this. <laughs> I know. I know. I feel like it's deja vu all over all again. Over again. Like we did That's fantastic. Who's this guy laughing next to me? Who, is who, this guy? who invited him? Introduce who are yourself. you? It just let me through the door. Um, <laughs> I feel like, is this what it calls the heart? What are we doing? What's my time? What, what, no. what am I doing? Oh, this is Hold on. Show. Some out. Wrong no. show. I'm still in. <laughs> I'm James Lott Jr. <laughs> Hey, man. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to the I haven't done it in a while, so I'm very excited. Yeah. Last one I did was with Phil. Yeah, so you did uh, Daddy's, Daddy's Home. Daddy's Home. We had a good time with that I one. I did not do that one. Yeah, um, that, we actually ha- we haven't done Anatomy of a Movie yet, but no. we've done other shows. I've yeah. never done Anatomy yeah, of a Movie. James right. loves to laugh a lot. I do like to laugh a lot. Um, <laughs> you'll be this is great. a fun, humorous voice to yeah, our I mean, panel. I'm very excited. Thank you. Well, he's an easy audience, so maybe he'll maybe he'll at least laugh at my jokes. I might. Marissa falls asleep. It takes a lot to get me out. <laughs> but I'm really, I'm actually pretty excited to talk about this film. Other people weren't so surprising, and we'll get to the reception. Yeah. Yeah. But really quick thoughts, James. Let's start with you. What, what are your quick thoughts on Snatch? To me, another knockout. She did Trainwreck, which I enjoyed. But see, both movies I went into kind of thinking I'm not sure, and then when I came walking out, I was like smiling and loud. There was heart in it, and it was funny. And we saw it around the same time. Yeah, we did. Yeah, but in different. Yes. For so those I went with my know. I went with my daughter Monica. Shout out to Monica. My daughter, she's grown. I'm like not a kid. <laughs> I think a little fifteen year old. She's twenty eight. Um, and so we went together at the same time. She went to see it. I was in Sacramento, and she was here. Yeah, in, I was here in, in LA. In LA, and I said we saved her. We saved her a seat next to us. Oh, that was sweet. We got her and I saved you a whole row. A whole row. A whole row. Mm-hmm. A whole row. What is she saying about just you? <laughs> That's not nice. That's, just, no, it was That's nice. very not nice. Just say there's plenty of room. There's plenty of room. Plenty of room. <laughs> plenty of room. <laughs> we talked to her right before, and it was, it was kind of funny. We did. Same, it was yeah, the same. It was so we literally the that. same time, but yeah. different theaters. Yeah. But I really, I really liked it. Again, overall thoughts, I liked it. I thought it was funny. I didn't think it was too... Over the top? Over the top. Like, I thought it might be. Uh, but we'll get to that a little more. But I liked it. I, I think I'm going to be the I'm going to be the the, the the downer of the group. I mean, okay. snatched had brevity uh, for me, and it had some laughs. Um, and there, are, but for me, there are, there are a few things going against snatched, and one of them was Trainwreck. Trainwreck, which I found to be a very funny romantic comedy in which laughs were earned in character arc, in, in that movie was mm-hmm. earned. And in this movie, for me. Uh, Amy Schumer's character, really, through most of this movie, is not likable. She, to me, she was just not likable, and it breaks a cardinal comedy rule in which you're going to go through a comedy, the, the character has to be likable in one way, shape, or form. We talked about this a lot about a year ago, too, around this time, with that Mike and Dave need wedding dates, where barely a character was likable in that movie, and but it they had, away. But they all had character arcs. 
did they though in a that movie? Bit. Like I they, don't know. There was a moment in Mike and Dave Need Wedding uh, Dates where they all came around it, and realized the error of their ways but, and matured. Except I don't know Aubrey Plaza's. I don't know. In any case, that's what I felt <laughs> okay. in this movie. Okay. So you know, and and that to me is a, was an issue. Um, when her f- character does turn a corner, and it does, I mean, she has this arc, but for me, it just happened a little bit too late. Um, what the movie does have going for it, though, um, it was really nice to see Goldie Hawn in a movie again. And hopefully she won't wait another 14, 15 oh, years to do it. Um, she can still light up a screen. And I think with the right material, I bet she can still dazzle because there, we'll talk Goldie Hawn yeah. a, a bit. You know, And there were some clever gags in this movie. I'm not going to take that away. One involving a swinging vine. Uh, another <laughs> oh involving. God, yes. I laughed so uh, hard yeah. at that well, one. Sh- but yeah, again, the, shocks, the yes. other one was uh, involved um, you know, a not so parked truck. Uh, an ill-accented use of the word welcome. Yes. Um, you know, and <laughs> yes. unfortunately for me, those were clever, but they were very few and far in between. And in the end, I mean, it, it didn't make me angry, uh, but I f- still felt that my time was snatched. Oh, let's see. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God, you snatched. snatched. Oh, my God. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. See, I, I, my overall thought, is, I'll, I'll just want to say it was quick, is that I felt actually it was the right amount of time. Like, it didn't go on too long. Oh, no. Yeah. Right. It my was God. 90 minutes. Sweet hour and a half. Yes. Easily. Marissa, how many? We sat <laughs> talking about comedies. <laughs> Like, like a Judd yeah. Apatow two and a half hour. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, that's the thing. Trainwreck was Judd Apatow. Right. Oh, right, that was, right. That, and we talked but, about it in our Trainwreck anatomy, like how Apatow it was. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but but so. we've talked, and, and I know Phil is a big, Phil and I are right on the same page on this. Comedies don't necessarily need to be that much more than 100, 100 minutes or so. This yeah, one right. was at 90. Yeah. And yeah. so... I, I give it credit for its brevity, and I I applaud that. Yeah, because it's all you need for a good comedy. I agree. I you know, agree. comedies don't, with the exception of it's a mad, 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 uh, mad world. It's a long movie. That's the only one that can get away from being over three hours. Okay, so only. my thoughts on this film. I know <laughs> I laughed a lot. I texted this guy yes. immediately afterwards. Like I laughed a lot me too. in this me film, too. and it takes a lot to get me laughing. Um, but I, I thought, like, I'm, I'm more of the, the physical gag type of, you know, the slapstick humor. That's more of my type of humor. Um, and there was a lot of it in this film, which I enjoyed. There, there was, you know, um, those, those raunchy jokes that, of course, Amy Schumer is going to throw in. And, but I think, I, actually, I enjoyed this film more than I did Trainwreck. Oh, really? Okay. I did. Interesting. I, and we talked about it in Trainwreck. I liked the second half of Trainwreck more than the first half. Uh, okay. And I felt this film... Was funny throughout. Yeah. So and um, the short half an hour, like you, you have to understand, it's comedy. Yeah, it might need its character to have that development and have a character arc in the end. I felt we kind of had like both a little bit with Goldie Hawn, you know, with Linda and 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 why am I forgetting her character? <laughs> um, and, and Emily, Linda and Emily, both of them, the, the mom and daughter. Like, yeah. I felt like they both had a moment where they realized, you know, mm-hmm. what they were doing and, and kind of had a moment of growth. But it didn't really bother me that the characters weren't as fully developed because it's a comedy. It, the, the, the pace of this movie is driven on the comedic timing, the situations they're in, not the characters they are. I kind of go with that. Because I, I see what you're saying, too. There's some things that were kind of left out. I kind of didn't bother. Yeah, bother and, and the writing to me. Like, again, another movie that I just recently saw 
was um, Christmas Office Party or Office Christmas Party. And that movie to me was funny and partly because I liked the characters in it. I could follow these characters. Again, to me, Amy Schumer, and I get it, like she's supposed to be Amy Schumer-ish, but to me she was just very selfish and unlikable through far too much of the movie before she turned But that was the, also the up. same thing with Trainwreck. Her character yeah. wasn't likable. Yes, but she had other people that by the middle of that movie, she was softening up to being yeah, in a relationship. Around. This one, the middle of the movie, she was still selfish and still thinking about herself. And it wasn't towards the last, for me anyways, the last quarter of the movie where... She had the epiphany that that's you, my mom. Okay, do you think it was based on the writing though? Because it, we're going to make a lot of comparisons to Trainwreck. Sorry, guys, um, but do you think it was because train writing the uh, Trainwreck? Sorry, tra- Trainwreck <laughs> words. Trainwreck was written by her, by Amy Schumer, yeah. by yeah. herself, and Amy. I feel like knows and I think the her development, a too. character. Yeah, yeah, and her sister was heavily Who involved here in that as well. film. Mm-hmm. But this one was written by Kate Dipple. Do you yeah. think it was because of different writers that the character arcs weren't as big in this one than it was in Trainwreck? I don't know. I mean, she, Katie Dipple is a, is a good writer. She wrote Heat, mm-hmm. um, a Paul Feig movie. And Ghostbusters. She wrote Heat, which is, a really f- which is a really funny vehicle for Paul Feig. Uh, that, you had two great characters together, and, it, and it was a re- you know, that was a really good movie. This one, I don't know. I think that, listen, I want to I champion. Number one, what I'm going to champion about this movie is that it was a woman's movie. Sure was. Okay. Yes. It yes. was outside of the director, but, you know, you had Goldie, Amy, Katie DePool, uh, you know, a female writer. They all worked, one, you know, they all worked in tandem, and, and I give it all the credit in the world. And uh, I think Katie was trying hard, or maybe through the process they tried to make it more Amy Schumer. And somewhere along the way, I think something, to me, it felt something was was left on the editing room floor. Because I could see what they were trying to go for was building this mother, this this mom-com relationship, this mother-daughter relationship. And you could see where there was going to be some heart put into this movie, but then it sort of kind of got taken out. Like when, when she opens up the scrapbook and she sees the young Goldie Hawn and oh, yeah. mom having Little a good pictures. time. And I was like, oh, okay, I get this. Great. But then two seconds later, she's back to being her own selfish self, and she only wants her mom to go on the trip with her because non-refundable. She, it's non-refundable. <laughs> yeah, we're going to put the fun back in non-refundable. Yes. Yes. So, that was funny. I don't know. And, and it was obviously a package, much like putting Barbara Streisand together with Seth Rogen, yeah. which was another mom-com yeah. travel movie. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but this one you have Goldie Hawn, and and again I think Goldie Hawn saves the movie and and made it likable for me. Plus those gags that I mentioned yeah. were very funny, but they we'll were very clever. Um, but your point on the writing is it almost seemed something was they either edited something out or they were trying too hard to write for Amy. Uh, it seems sort of kind of because Katie Devol is a decent. She's a good female writer, and and I really like a strong woman's voice. Well, see, for me, I was thinking because Trainwreck was a romantic comedy. Yeah, you had to write it differently. So maybe that's what I'm saying. Maybe the character. So that's why I guess in this one, I knew I was going to have this kind of like we said before the show, Taken without Liam Neeson, basically kind of funnier Taken. Yeah. I kind of figured that's what I was going to get. 
Um, so, so here's some of your stuff kind of going, I see what you're saying, but I think maybe that's the point. She's supposed to be unlikable for most of the movie. Yeah, but so, yeah, for me, for a comedy, you have to be you. able to follow and champion that person and like that person. And she really was a, I, I, she, she turned far too late for me in the movie. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the other thing, too, is kidnapping, which happens down there. It's yeah. very serious. It does. Yeah, it does. That's hard to make that into a comedy as well, unless your kidnappers are buffoons, which they didn't necessarily seem. It was weird. And then you had this boyfriend that you throw into the mix, and then he's, like, not in the movie anymore. He's not really a boyfriend. He's just a guy. Um, I, I get it, but they he's, she spent so much time with him. And, like, okay, Mom, we're going to go with him. And was he a good guy? Was he a bad guy? And then he's just out of the picture. I was like, he was complete. a bad guy. He set him up. How do you know though? Well, how can he? What you say that he set him up, but then why would his own henchmen hit him really hard in a car where they could possibly kill him? Like that didn't make mm-hmm. sense to me. Understand? Yeah, so. and I think that's the thing about this film. It's like they didn't really spend a lot of time on character development. No. Which, like, once you realize that fact, you have to understand it and get over it. <laughs> yeah, More so because yeah, yeah. there are other things that make up for their lack of character development. Yeah. You said was they were all like setups, basically. Yeah. His boyfriend was such they're all just setups. So they, they weren't really and part of it. Since we are talking about women too, Joan Cusack was hysterical oh, in this oh, movie. Oh, yes, completely. And I wanted more, like when people like Joan Cusack are funnier than your lead, that to me is a problem. And I loved Wanda Sykes. You know, again, this is a woman showcase. Well, you have very talented Except, women. Got, I'll give Ike Barrett Hope some credit. He was really good to me. Uh, if he said mama one more time. <laughs> no. It was just the way it's like, what are you, like a little Swedish boy? That's yeah. the point, and, right? And yeah. that's like, the funny thing. Um, the, the iteration of mama was actually written into the script, and he just went with it and he kept <laughs> doing it over and over again. And apparently in the editing, they actually took a lot of moments out where he kept saying mama. Oh. Like, Thank they God. Could, they didn't they take out enough for me. His mama counts. <laughs> they didn't mama take out enough. But but I like the guy that he played off of. Yeah. The government agent. Yeah, now, that guy, more, he was funny, he too. Was funny he was funny, too. Like, yes. Are you threatening me? <laughs> like, <laughs> I will. Like, that guy was funny. Yes. Because of the, that guy was funny. He was funny, too. And we'll talk about filming because they filmed those scenes in a very well, interesting well, way. Well, let's, let's dial it back because we're jumping all over the place now. <laughs> Let's talk about the development and how this film actually started. Um, Dimitri, you, you got some good notes on this. But so. uh, Katie, Katie Dippold hit it actually after the success of Heat and, um, and Ghostbusters, you know, the reboot. Well, uh, and she also did Spy. Yeah, and she did Spy. I mean, oh, like, and that was a funny movie, too. We talk f- about that movie a lot. Fun movie. Um, but, like, after the success of those films, like, she had this script, and uh, the, and she was in a lunch meeting with Peter Shernan and yeah. Jenna Topping talking about uh, this, and and uh, Paul Fig, who, you know, also directed Ghostbusters. And he's a producer in this movie. Came on yeah. and helped produce this film. But, yeah, like, she had this script, and... And Amy, and she met up with Amy Schumer, and it just kind of everything fell into place. Yeah, you know, I mean, it was basically a lunch that that Katie had with the people that you mentioned, and they were they were on a high because they were just rapping. I believe it was the uh, spy, and things are going well. And Katie brought up, "Hey, I have a semi autobiographical comedy script um, going on," and. You know, they made heat together, and they loved working with her. And based on two sentences, Peter Chernin, uh said, well, okay, 
well, let's 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 do it. They used their discretionary funds to, to to get the script, and they got Amy Schumer on board. And Paul Feig decided to uh, who worked with her, and he and he said, "I'll produce," you know. And I'm and I'm glad that he did. And um, so I think that the the genesis of this it's people who have worked together, people who respect one another, and they have a good chemistry together. Um, we always talk about the collaborative process. Mm-hmm. You know, this movie is a sign of that collaborative process. And you know, you have a good idea. People are going to support you, especially if you've gotten them success in the past. You know. And then, uh, you know, once you get Amy Schumer signed on, and Amy Schumer has been on a tear lately, I mean, because Trainwreck, HBO comedy special, Netflix comedy special. um, Her show. I know her show was popular, Mm -hmm. Trainwreck, and now it's on some semblance of a hiatus. Yeah. But she's, you know, she's made bones for herself. And and when you make a movie like Trainwreck that really – puts her into a light into or a spotlight yeah. into a spotlight a lot of people ended up liking her you know it's a good time and then when you pair her with Goldie Hawn which Amy Schumer wanted Goldie Hawn yes, to, yeah. to, to, to play Goldie this. Hawn was the only person in mind for Amy Schumer yeah which is which is fantastic it's you know you're, you're casting an icon um of you know a, a cinema icon who's been doing this for such a long time it, you know what it reminded me of it reminded me of Monster-in-Law when they brought when Jennifer Lawrence brought yeah. back uh, Jane, Jane Fonda. Fonda, she had done one on because she was Mrs. Turner for a long time. Right. Um, then she left him. Um, it reminded me of that. You say you go bring back you go bring back Jane Fonda. You make sure it's something decent. Like, you and know, Jane Fonda's been working ever since. Ever since, right? Yeah. So it reminded me. So you're picking back off of you. Just reminded me of that. Just, you gonna bring back yeah. Goldie Hawn. You make sure it's something. Yeah, and I'm, I'm hoping that because Goldie Hawn in, in interviews said, you know, I she never she when <laughs> when she did the Banger Sisters. Mm-hmm. She was content. I mean, yeah. she started she up a couple of yeah. Yeah, she, yeah. She, yeah. She's done a couple of uh, she, she's done a lot of charity work, and mm-hmm. she's been content. Yeah, and she and she just got her star. Her um, and her yeah. man got their stars, and and mm-hmm. she said that uh, she didn't really miss it um, so, so much. So it was good to see her on the screen again. You know, she has this amazing thing about her, whether she was on television or on screen, Goldie, and that is. She takes the ditzy blonde, but there's another layer to it. She's got these sparkling eyes. She has a smile that literally can light up a movie theater. And her comedy, her comedic sense of timing is great. And, you know, I always go back to the movies with Chevy Chase, like Foul Play and Seems Like Old Times. But you could also talk about Private Benjamin. Mm-hmm. Which she produced. Uh, yeah. and, and one of the first female producers to put a company together and yeah. produce her own films. And, and, uh, overboard. Overboard. Yeah, Overboard. I love Overboard. But she can also play drama. Um, yes, you know, she was in Sugarland Express. Yes. That's Steven Spielberg's first movie yes. movie. She can really. She can Death do becomes it her. All. I mean, she yeah. can. She can just do it. I mean, she's so good. Yeah, but she has. She has it. Yeah, she's like, so and it's natural. Her, it's natural. It's she natural has for her. It. Yeah, it's absolutely. I agree with you. When she lights up, she lights up any place she goes. Yeah. yeah. So and she elevates. She uses she elevates material. Yes. Yeah, she yeah. has an energy. Charisma I completely agree, and I'm like, I got to give it props to Amy Schumer that like even Goldie Hawn was on board because she liked Amy Schumer yeah. so much. But that didn't come later. Um, the funny thing about that is Schumer had a serendipitous encounter with uh, with, with, with uh, Han, and they met at a cross-country flight, yeah. and Schumer says, oh, it was destiny. I stopped her in the airport and said, I really want to make this movie with you. This is happening. At the time, Han, who wasn't familiar with Schumer at the time, says, uh, uh, okay, honey, thank, 
Thanks very much. And she just, get away from me. Security! I'm sure. But then they met at a party a couple of years later, and Han had watched Trainwreck. And it was Trainwreck. And then she's like, you know, that's someone who can do it all. And that's, you know what? I can, I want to be in a movie with her. So, you know, it was a good package. It was a good package deal for them. And, um, you know, it, it, hey, listen, it brought Goldie Hawn back. And I, and I hope that perhaps she's in another movie. Yeah, I agree. You know, mm-hmm. together. I hear they're trying to remake Overboard. Oh, they don't. Oh, no. Yeah. Don't ruin a classic. Yeah, yeah I hear it. they're trying to remake it, which would bum me out. Well, it'd be like remaking like you know Wildcats or something. Don't do, don't, do, don't go back in the. And she was great in Wildcats. I love Wildcats. You know, I, mean, I love some Goldie. So. James yeah. is a big Goldie. Hunt. I'm a yeah. huge Goldie Hawn fan. Um, so yes. so you'll definitely add your two cents on yes. her movies. Yeah. Uh, so like, like bringing it back to the writing because Katie Dippold was mm-hmm. like the the main writer on yeah. this like because it's you know comedy there was a lot of improv on set the the script would change on the fly um they would scrap jokes that weren't working and add jokes improv um while they were so the script was like constantly changing and i'll tell you as a person who just i just acted in a movie recently um and it was a comedy it's hard if you're not and i'm not even trained when you you learn your lines and suddenly it doesn't work and try something else and try it this way on the fly to learn it and get it down and have the comic timing. Have the comic timing to make sure it all still sounds good. The beats are happening mm-hmm. and the words make sense and you make sure you land on that third word or whatever. It's hard to do. Yeah, I think, isn't the saying, dying is easy? And comedy, comedy is, is hard. hard. Yes, yes, I can agree with that. And, 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 and comedy, we've talked about this on this show a lot too. Comedy is in a sense, a, it's, it's a symphony. You do have yes. to hit your beats. It involves comedic timing it does involve editing it you know yes. it involves an on a delivery of the line and who's going to pick up on that line um Props how things are put together yeah, yeah. you know i mean all of those are very are very integral some of which were used here and again i saw some comedy that i haven't seen this type of comedy like <laughs> it was almost like an inspector clouseau Pink Panther-ish kind of movie. Like, that scene where Joan Cusack and Wander Sykes are on the top of that truck, (laughs) and all of a sudden, it just, like, backs up and takes off, and the look on their face. Me too, me too. Well, that's funny because it's funny, and that's, like, right... I was, like, thinking... That would happen to Inspector Clouseau. Like, that is slapstick comedy. When somebody goes... But, like, I also loved it, just to add to that moment, because, like... Even uh, Emily was about to get on it, yes, and she was, like, in mid-crawl. Yes. She was like, oh, no, I guess that's not so happening. So the sight of her mid-crawl, and all of a sudden the sight of their face is like, what's going on? <laughs> like, and it just oh, takes no. off. It just, it just, it just oh, takes it off. It was like, good. that is good yes. slapstick comedy. Yeah. And there isn't, slapstick is hard today. Yes. Like, there was a time in the yeah. 80s where people, like, you know, rapid fire comedy That's like why an Mel airplane. Is so over. successful. It's why he was so successful. But that kind of comedy doesn't work today because mm-hmm. you have yeah. to pay attention to the jokes. In this one, you know, they had some slaps. Like the Vine joke oh, yeah. was hysterical because it's <laughs> unexpected. It's like, oh, I'm just gonna swim, I know. swim across and all of a sudden snap. And I was like, so shocked. I was like, oh my god! <laughs> and, so and they funny. look over. Like, oh, no, That's Wiley yes. Coyote, <laughs> yes. Roadrunner, mm-hmm. kind of fun. And I was hoping that there was more. Of this movie was going to be laced with that because that's funny and stuff. And I think Christopher Maloney just played it up so. Oh, that was a great talking about a great setup to a joke. Like he, <laughs> like he was so confident that they were all going to make it across. We're just going to swing. It'll be great. And I'm a man, so I'll go for. Let I'll me go. go. And like it was so like he was done so chivalrously. Yes. 
and then done so pathetically. Yes. So pathetic. <laughs> I know. That <laughs> makes for good slapstick yes. comedy, and, and it worked so hard. You do. I did. I was shocked at first, but then I started laughing. Oh my god! Like that's crazy. But you're right. Slapstick nowadays is really hard to do because there was some TV shows try it. I like Scrubs. When Scrubs is on, he did a lot of slapsticky, side gaggy stuff. I think Angie Tribeca is. I was just going to say Angie Tribeca is the closest. I'll say next. I was saying it's hard. I mean, it's hard. You said it's harder and harder to do successfully, but people actually want to see it. And yeah. to me, Scrubs was one that it was it was on for eight years. It was a good mm-hmm. show. I like Angie Tribeca. I like that show too. Love it. it reminds me of the old, you know, Zucker films. I mean, I'm a huge yeah. Airplane and Police Squad fan. I mean, yeah. I just can't help. That's it. what Angie. That's yeah. what Angie Tribeca is. But it's yeah. hard. I think comedy has become harder to make. Um, and I well, think because the audience is, so is different. Does that too? Yes. Yeah, but but there was a time where people actually they they made really funny comedies and comedies ruled at the box office. Like mm-hmm. comedies are. Comedies ruled a lot, and it's hard. It's hard because today you're 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 straddling a fine line, and this was a good R-rated um, comedy. Uh, but sometimes making an R-rated comedy in today's day and age is hard for a studio to yes, do because yes. they want to make it PG-13. They want to take out some of the edge. And sometimes there's too much edge. You know, it's trying to find this balance that's going to work. And try, sometimes they, they overreach in trying to make well, funny. It's funny. funny. I didn't like Ted. I know people loved it. It was a huge hit. It was already. I didn't like yeah. it. But I did. I, I, yeah. yeah, I mean, I love Ted. Yeah, I'm just saying but, it's one of those, like you said, it's one of those things where it's, it's hard to get already to Which one? Ted? Ted. Ted. I like Ted. Oh, the bear? The bear. Yeah, the bear. Yeah. The talking bear. I that was a hard R as well. It was a very hard R. And oh, they made, it, it was, it was a, they made hard a sequel to that one as well. Yeah. Yeah. So. yeah. Well, I just, I just, for me, just, but again, it was a subjective thing. It's for me, it was, for me, for me, it tried too hard. Mm-hmm. So I, I couldn't really enjoy the bear things after I got on there. I couldn't take it anymore. Yeah, right. No, I, I did love Ted, but but this movie I, I at least appreciate because a it was women, yeah, and mm-hmm. and that's hard to do. And and you know, beginning starting with Paul Feig actually starting with Bridesmaids, okay, and then when you make movies like Heat and Spy. Um, these are very women-based comedies mm-hmm. with f- putting funny women together and making no, good movies, right? Yep. yep. And then, you know, putting this movie together, I, I champion that because, you know, women are driving this movie. It's comedy, too, which which was a genre that was basically dominated by male. men. <clears throat> right, male. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I can applaud, I, I applaud the efforts going into this, and I want to see more more of it. And it looks like there's a crop of yeah, this, because is. Scarlett Johansson is yes. in this very bad thing. Yeah, Rough Night. Yeah, rough yeah. Night. And then we have the uh, Jada Pinkett Smith. Yes, the black version. Yeah, yeah which, black which black looks version. hysterical. Both coming out. Yeah, they're, like coming yeah, they're yeah. both coming out this summer. So I'm, I'm happy to see that, because I do believe, you know, Women are funny. Well, I mean, I, when you I, look I, at love, I love bad moms. Yeah, yeah bad moms. I, yeah, I enjoy that. I love And bad again, moms. bad moms, you had likable characters but to see, follow through. Even your villain at the end like, came even, around. Oh, yeah, came yeah. around. Yeah. But but they were likable from the beginning. They had problems that you, even see, as a guy, I, just, I, I just, to. But see, I feel, I'm going to disagree with that. I just feel like. Those movies had different kind of premise. Like, like you kind of had to. Oh, I'm sorry. I can get all my, my hands. Stop and I'm like, oh, I'm going to talk my hands. It's crazy. She knows me. Anyway, what are you, no. Italian? I, I, well, Puerto Rican. I'm Greek. Black is. So. I know you're not Greek. Some of the Greeks. Um, but no, but I just, I just think that this movie wasn't that kind of. It was, didn't need that kind of stuff where bad moms revolved around kids and motherhood and train work revolved around a relationship and relationship. love. 
I also feel like this one didn't necessarily. I see what you're saying, but I don't think this one necessarily needed. Yeah, also, like this comedy, is a situational comedy as well. Trainwreck really wasn't. It was more just like a relationship and a joke. It really was. And, and Snatch, they're physically in an environment where they're making it funny. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. like, it, there there are different variables that made this film funny in some ways that people might enjoy, like myself, more than others. Yeah, yeah. Um, but let, yeah, let's we're we're getting into the situations and and the cast. <laughs> Remember, what were your thoughts on Amy Schumer in this? As Emily, you Dimitri, you mentioned she wasn't as likable, but I didn't mind her being because I think if people are you know, known for, like, no Amy Schumer's work, that is her type of character that is easy for her to portray. Mm-hmm. It's not out of her wheelhouse of what we're expecting. We know she can be crude. We know she can also have a soft side. And so I didn't feel it was something unbelievable, so I didn't mind watching it. It had nothing to do with believability for me, and I, and I, and I get it. It just... Her turn happened far too late. She didn't develop that heart. She was just annoying. She was just that self-centered, selfish person through three quarters of the movie for me. Mm-hmm. And I thought that, that that needed to turn and she needed to become a lot softer um, sooner rather than much later because I didn't buy it. And that's one of the things that I really appreciated about Trainwreck is that Amy Schumer got it. She was able to do the self-deprecating humor. She was able to have the raunch. Um, she was able to have it all, and she wrote the beats very, very well. And here I just felt it was uh, she was a little bit too self-centered. Even in trying to save her mom, she was still thinking about herself. And I wanted the heart to come through this film a little bit more. I wanted that relationship to gel and not sort of kind of just happen. So, um, But I have no problem with Amy Schumer. I think for her career in movies, she's got a, she's got a good path. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's got a. She has a good path, and she could be one of those women now that that can star opposite of Melissa McCarthy or even a Goldie Hawn again. She's you know, she's a good actor. She and she is a funny comedian. It's funny. So I I follow Amy since the very beginning. I've been a fan of her since seeing her on YouTube years ago. I've seen her. In, I've seen her live or stand up live several times. And to me, this is just an extent. She's just starting out in these movies, so she's picked two safe kind of bets. Actually, I think this is safer than Trainwreck. Trainwreck could have went oh, all yeah, kinds of sure. it could went all kinds of wrong because it was like romantic kind of and everything. This one is very much to me the Amy that I'm used to seeing and hearing on stage and her specials. So I feel like that's why it didn't bother me so much. It's like, oh, this is Amy. Amy is not supposed to be unlikable and selfish. That's what she does. So everything you're saying is actually correct. I feel it's correct. Like that's what she kind of does. And it's kind of easy for her to kind of... Because, you know, a sophomore movie can be really hard on people, especially, too. And I think this was really safe for her. It was a safe thing. And I, I had no problem with her her character in the movie. I thought... She did come around at the end. I mean, her. I, I think that's her point, is that not all families are this, like, lovey... Perfect. Perfect uh, Hollywood ending. And all three of them, even her brother, they were all kind of weird. <laughs> they were all kind of weird people. And they, but they all kind of came together at the end. But they I mean, all had a moment of growth. Yeah, I think, I think, yeah, I think it may so. Be have, it may have been late in the film, but they all had their yeah, moments of like, so where I, they realize yeah. what they've been doing all their lives. So I agree with you. Know, she was selfish most of the time. I, I think that was her point. She was very a selfish person. She didn't think about anybody else at all. Yeah. And, and it made and, me and, laugh. And, and, but but her, again, her character in Trainwreck at the beginning was very much like yeah. that too. But yeah. she really started to soften up when she 
was going yep, on yep. with that doctor. So I don't know. I, and again, and even in her stand-up, I will go. I'll take it a step further. Her self-deprecating humor in her stand-up is why she does come off that way. There is a level of heart and softness to her as well because she's making fun of herself, and you get that in her stand-up. Like I don't hate her in her stand-up. Well, see, I don't like her as soft as her stand-up. Well, <laughs> like that. she realizes that, but like she's not perfect, right? She well, realizes which, which that. Well, she's gonna have to watch out now because mm-hmm. she, she's gonna go through that Kathy Griffin syndrome where now she's popular and so she's not that slut anymore in her stand-up. So she's mm-hmm. not that person anymore. So her her stand-up's gonna have to evolve as much as her movies. The guy thinks they have to. Evolve with her because now she's not the fat girl anymore. I mean, she's like a she's like a feminist in some ways, like and a champion for girls' rights. So, speaking of feminists, what did you think of that feminist speech of trying to convince her mother to go on this trip with her? Like, we are going to go for all women out there in the world and unite and put fun back into non-refundable. You know, like like that whole speech. I kind of loved it. I did. It, it, it felt like her moment of like speaking to like all the women. Like, I, I think she so. had she had to have that moment of feminism in there, which like I totally enjoyed. But the the context in which she put it in just to convince her mom to go to the trip was kind of twisted. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I thought I didn't find it genuine. No, no, no it was no, totally no, genuine. nothing genuine. Yeah, no, but I like the fact just, that she uh, made. The effort yeah. to put a feminist speech. Yes, in it. I agree with that. It wasn't genuine at all. You're right. It wasn't no, genuine. Yeah, right. it's not genuine. Like again, you, I, I know you don't want to be giving medicine, like you know, to an audience like that. But right. again, that that to me was part of the selfishness. Like it was, there was nothing genuine about her speech, so I couldn't believe that that's what that character really believed. She yeah. was just trying to convince her mom that <laughs> to go on. To, to go on. And to see, that's what, I, that's, that's what I bought. She was just trying to convince yeah. her mom to go on this trip. But I did love that whole scene, that like yeah. her speech, and also another moment where you earn that laugh, like the the buildup of the cat sculpture. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, yes, the cat. I refuse yeah, yeah, to believe yeah. that thing exists. Hysterical. <laughs> yeah. The moment they laughed, I was the only one that laughed out loud. Yeah. Oh, really? We, we, yeah. laugh. we yeah. laughed. No, like you could clearly hear me laughing. <laughs> no, that 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 was. That funny when you saw that. Funny yes. Yeah, joke. that was it. Yeah. yeah. Yes, it was. I agree. Absolutely, we laughed out loud. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, but no, I, I think I, almost it's, it's funny. I kind of, everything you're saying, I kind of agree with in a sense. But I, I guess I was okay with it. That's okay. Yeah, I guess, I guess that's what my thoughts. Like okay. that is Amy. That's Amy. I mean, she wasn't. That's like, okay. Were you okay, okay with her exposing herself in some ways? That was interesting. Like with the the right boob. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that was. I was like, oh, it's showing. I felt a breeze. What? I felt a breeze. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, I oh, I felt there's a, a breast that they had. It, the was camera like, was there. I was like, there yeah. it is. Yeah, there it is, kids. Mm-hmm. That was your R. Welcome <laughs> <Yeah>. wasn't you. <laughs> yeah, <well. laughs> like, again, see, that to me is clever. And she talked about that scene in the Howard Stern show about how that all came about. Mm-hmm. And that was her idea. And how she was like, oh, we just thought, and Goldie Hawn thought it was hysterical. And actually, they had to fight to get it in there. And Goldie, no, oh. no. She goes, that's really funny. And yes. it was really a yeah. funny yeah. scene. Yeah. That, like, even I knew. I knew it was going to be in the movie because I had heard the interview on Howard Stern prior to the movie coming out. So when it happened, I was like, that really is hysterical. And what's brilliant about it is, and again, this works to slapstick physical comedy, Goldie Hawn's timing of the spit-up and how it goes... Oh, (laughs) yeah. Yes. Was classic, yes, yes, just like yes. classic. What Welcome. is this, honey? Welcome. Uh, <laughs> I want my chicken. And have the choice of keeping someone still on yeah, his face like, as she's talking. Uh, the gross, gross factor. It was perfect. It was perfect. It's hysterical. That was also, funny. Like, the boob joke came about at the end, like right. now the mom's oh, boob right. is yes. out. Yes. Like, 
I'm like, I'm glad we didn't see it. You see Goldie's boob. But like, she it, was a rec- it was a big enough joke the first time for it to come around yes, the second time. I agree yeah. with you on that one. But I was like, it was Amy's boob. Okay, yeah. I have yeah. seen that before. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. yeah she put it out there. I literally. Was, what did you think of the tapeworm scene? Oh my God, I was grossed out so much. I, I loved it though, but I was so grossed out. It was so it was, weird. It was weird. It was yeah. like, so like, weird. <laughs> it was gross. A- again, well, it wasn't that it was gross or anything. It just but it was didn't originally seem in the script. to fit in this movie. You know, it just didn't. I was like, oh, okay, so we have these good doctors. It was like a tapeworm. What? Okay, whatever. Well, you know, all these girl movies now, these art movies, they have to have some scene that has to do with something with the bowels or innards. Yeah, they all do it now. They all do it. So, so they all do it now, it seems like. So at least yeah. you add that in there because that's, you know, that's the I think I think there was much cleverer comedy in this movie than the tapeworms. I think, yeah, the situation with the t- tapeworm, like the way that they built it up, like, oh, we're going to feed it meat so like to, to lure it out. I was like, okay, weird. Um, but like, I think they actually no, do that. Four no, to five doctors use, yeah. use yeah, like, tri-tip. No, yes. no. Oh god, <laughs> that meat was big. Just like dang. But the, like, the okay. tapeworm situation was originally in the script, yeah. and they kept it. And Kate Dippold personally doesn't like tapeworms. She's like the the one thing. Well, she who hates does? The most. Who I likes mean, a like, good tapeworm? Who really likes? Must be thin skinny. I want I'll take one. But in a bad way, like you're eating everything, all your insides, <laughs> nasty. And I just watched an episode of Grey's Anatomy where like this this girl had a whole nest of worms in her stomach. Oh, that's gross. Nasty. That's gross. Nasty. <laughs> <laughs> Go watch that episode. No, it is. Oh my God. I should be so, like watching that recently, yeah. and then watching this tapeworm, <laughs> it was just ridiculous because, like, apparently when they were filming it, they laughed so hard when Amy Schumer was in the, the mouth guard, yes. and they just like rolled with it, and obviously her running around with that, yes. and obviously the tapeworm is CGI, yeah, right? yeah. but. But watching it was just ridiculous on screen to the point, like, what the hell is happening? Yeah. Oh, I was grossed out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, very gross. I, like, that was the moment for me. I'm like, happened. okay, yeah, too much. Yeah. Yeah. It was fine. It, was, it is what it is. I'll tell you, um, you know, Jonathan Levine, too, is interesting because he did that movie the night before, which I also enjoyed. Mm-hmm. He's um, done a few films. Yeah, yeah he's done a bunch. Um, you know, and he was asked from Slash Film, he was actually asked that. I, I thought, and I, I put it in my notes because I think it's a really good question. Uh, you're one of those filmmakers who what you do next is almost a reaction to the movie you previously made. And he was like, yeah. He goes, absolutely. He goes, you know, I learned a couple of things. And one of the things he said, he goes, i gotten sick of my own writing. You know, even though with Night Before, you know, he was working with Evan and this guy Kyle and mm-hmm. Ariel. But he's like, yeah, I just got sick of my own writing. I wanted to Do I wanted to maybe find a project that I didn't have to really shepherd and write and rewrite. And so I, I just find that to be it was an interesting question and even a more interesting answer from a person who has written and directed his own comedy, so to speak, who obviously knows comedy pretty well. So I really like that answer. And for him to say, I want to direct, but I'm going to direct somebody else's work. I want, to, I want somebody to find a project for me. And, um, and again, when you're, when you're thrown into this type of a creative atmosphere for a guy who directs comedy, right? It's his wheelhouse. So he doesn't have to worry so much about writing the script every night, but they mm-hmm. can do it on the fly. And we've got very talented people who can work with that. So, yeah. right. you know. And again, he kept it short. Yeah. I really like that a lot for a comedy. <laughs> and I, and I also think it helps that Amy's a writer. 
So yeah. She's, yeah. Not, she's not just an actress on the show. She's a writer. I don't. I don't think Goldie's in any writing, but she's. But she's Goldie seasoned. is trained. Is trained. Comedic time. Yeah, exactly. She knows all that stuff. So yeah, they were Gold- really. Yeah. yeah, Goldie has yeah. experience yeah. in this. Yeah. So let's talk about Goldie. What were your thoughts of like after being gone for fifteen years in, in movies and her return and comeback in this this character? Did like did you enjoy Goldie and her portrayal of this character? I thought she was great. I thought she was great. I thought she effortlessly returned to, to the screen. I mean, it's it like she was never gone. It's like, it was like right. there she is. There she is. I mean, she's in one movie. She wasn't I, rusty or anything. She wasn't, I don't think she was rusty. I don't think she was wooden. I don't think, it was, to me, there was nothing that said, everything said to me, she knows comedy. She just knows, and she knows this kind of comedy. Mm-hmm. She knows it. And like, it showed on screen. I thought she had chemistry with everybody she was part of, with them, especially with Amy. Um, I mean, she, I thought she was great. I mean, I had no problem with her whatsoever. No, like I said, to me, she was the bright spot of the movie. You know, it's funny, as I was driving up here, I was thinking about Goldie Hawn and her career and where she is in her career. And listen, she was content taking 14 years off. Like, she said she didn't get the bug. She didn't miss it at all. So it took something to get her back. One thing that I always wonder about her when you, you know, she's not a stand-up comic, right? And I was like, God, like going, you know, we've never really seen Goldie in a sitcom. Either. Like, where she would, at least in this day and age, she could rule Mm -hmm. and be fantastic. I hope to see her in more movies. And it would be nice to see her, like, in some more comedies. Listen, at this day and age, when, you know, I don't know what her age is, you know, and regardless. But many people have gotten that that second wind, you know. Uh, Lemon and Mathau, Jesus yeah. Christ, with 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 yeah. grumpy old men and yeah. Anne Margaret bringing these people yeah. back, and Anne Margaret was just recently in a yeah. movie. Yeah. Grumpy old um, men's great, you yeah. know. Yeah. But the same thing can happen with Goldie Hawn. She can have a renaissance in her career. Are again. we not saying her age? And I'm saying it. I'm not saying it. I don't know what she's it is. She's 71. Okay. So she's still to me. It's still young yeah. enough. I mean, 71 is still young enough yeah. to continue for another 10, you know, 15 years, kind of. Yeah. In this I mean, business. If she wants to. If yeah. She if she wants, she wants to. to. Yeah. She wants and to. I hope she wants to, you know, because why not? If you can entertain people and, and you can be in a good comedy, like, why not? It, she, she's always she's always welcome on screen. She's, she's just very pleasant. She, just, this, so she hasn't lost the sparkle in her eyes. Mm-hmm. And that's what made her, you know, she could bite. She could do the overbite thing and the innocent thing. Yeah. And she can play it. I think that it's... I hope it's a sign that maybe she'll pick another project and be in some more movies. Well, it's interesting. She's, I mean, she seems content on her other life, too. And I, yeah. can, I can understand where some people, we want her back. We want her working. But she's like, I have my man. I have my kids and grandkids. She has her charity. I have my said, charities. Her charity. So I can see where she's like, well, Yeah, I don't and really that's also it. like the power of Goldie Hunt because she hasn't been in a movie in 15 years, yeah. but she's always been around. Yeah. Like, when, doing the research for this, I didn't realize it's been 15 years since her last Bring film because I yeah. feel like. She's always referenced mm-hmm. in pop culture. Um, like her out. presence yeah. is still very every day and very mm-hmm. present. Yeah. Um, like I, it feels like she really never went away. Maybe from films, but she's yeah. always doing something mm-hmm. that she's still somewhat in the media. Yeah, absolutely. I was watching a special on uh, Martin Ron, Ron Martin's laughing. I remember laughing as a kid and all that stuff. Right. I remember that, and I just I mean she started out on that. Yeah. And won an Oscar during that time period for Cactus Flowers. Like it was yeah. weird. Like she was always this. She stood out. Yeah. She wasn't that pretty blonde with a nice little body with things paint all over. She was. She stood out. She stood out. She, there was a natural, and, and and it wasn't that she had to act to do it. Nope. Yeah. You know. And again, uh, growing up in, in that era, 
to me, when they paired her with Chevy Chase, yeah, I was always hoping that they would at least do one more movie together. Yeah. And maybe they can do one more movie together, you know, as a, you know, yeah. going into the sunset. Because they worked so well off of each other and they reacted. Like, their chemistry yeah, was on point in each of those movies. And... Um, and again, with with as as far as Goldie Hawn goes, she is in a sense she's she's Hollywood royalty. She's a national you treasure. She's yeah. a treasure. I yes. just I just I love her so much. Yeah, she yeah. is. I you know. So she's great. She's great in this film. I, I liked her in this film. And not once did I dislike her. She no. she was great, and she was great as an agoraphobic. But she wasn't. You know, another movie came to mind while watching this. It's an older Albert Brooks film called Mother. Oh, Mother! Yes, yeah. with, oh, with Debbie Reynolds. With Debbie Reynolds. With the late Debbie Reynolds. Um, and again. Yeah. That that movie is about <laughs> an overbearing mother. It's got the Albert Brooks dry, okay. sarcastic kind of humor. It's very funny, but yeah. it's also one of those uncomfortable comedies. So you 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 like that or not? And so a lot of that, I was I was I was harking back to that movie. But Gold, Goldie Hawn's character was never so overbearing no. No. to uncomfortability. This mm-hmm. you know. She was a woman that, you know, she had this past, she, she was fun, and she sort of kind of, whether through situations in life, she became agoraphobic, and, you know, the whole thing about the germs, and, you know, she wasn't Barbara Streisand in the Seth Rogen movie. She wasn't that overbearing. Or she wasn't you know? um, Estelle Getty in the Stop or My Mom Will Shoot movie. Oh, with, that, that was a horrible that, movie. That was the first movie I worked with at Universal oh. and that movie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, funny. Yeah, I had to promote that movie. So, in any case, so, and again, this game. movie could have gone all yes, kinds of wrong, too, but Goldie just knows how to play it, and I'm going to straddle that line, and you're going to, like, go, I'm, she's not overly overbearing. Yeah, she's quirky, and, like, but she also ended up being right. I d- yeah, yes, I didn't right, think, exactly right. Yeah, I didn't think of her character as overbearing, but as the, just, like, a very protective mother. Yes. But, yeah. like, the the running gag of social media, like, how the older generation don't know how to properly use yep. social media. Yeah. Um, like, the Facebook and having yes. the cap slack on. Like, that was something that was believable. Yes. Because yeah. I go through the same thing with my parents. Well, you do. Um, yes. Like, I get that humor because yeah. it is funny. But also, yeah. but also and you know, mom, this is you know you're pacing this to my wall. This. Everybody yes. can see this. But I also what? loved her. I also loved her little speech to her when she was just kind of when she finally kind of broke a little bit about how her life was. And right. just, I mean, I, and a lot of us you have, like I said, I have grown children, and it just you kind of feel that way sometimes. Yeah. And I and I like I like the way she just she said it. It was just like I felt her and I felt it. And again, Amy was still you know you said still selfish or whatever. But I, I felt I felt. Her character's feelings about that. Absolutely, and I felt her love for her children. Yes, I felt that too. also. I yeah. that also. So um, I like that too. Let, let's talk about the production of sure. and, and the cinematography of this film. It takes place in South America, but they actually filmed it in Hawaii. <laughs> Hawaii. Uh, Hawaii, yeah. They I mean, you know what's so Hawaii. funny? Because like I've been watching this film, and I'm like, wow, the, the like Colombia is gorgeous. <laughs> Like, well, literally, I had that thought in my head. I was like, that's a really Well, see, what's pretty. funny for me is I had a feeling I didn't know where it was filmed, but I didn't think it was filmed in South Central oh, America. Like, I thought it's an island. It's an island. It's an island somewhere. I couldn't remember. I couldn't think of where, because I've been to Hawaii, but I was like, it feels like an island. No, I, I knew exactly where okay. they filmed Dimitri it when I saw that. was just in Hawaii. Last uh, well, I was oh, exactly, oh, okay. I was exactly where they filmed oh. it. Yeah, I was go. next to the Four Seasons. Like, when they showed the lagoon, <laughs> yeah. I was like, what the fuck? 
I was just there. <laughs> oh, I said, this is totally Hawaii. Oh, wow. And I was like, that's crazy. And then when I read about it and they said, oh, yeah, they, they had their production at the new Four Seasons, I'm going, yeah, I went to that bar over there. Oh, really? And I was I knew exact because it's right next to Disney's Alani. Oh, that okay. hotel yeah, so is yeah, way yeah, up yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's... I said, wow, Ecuador looks a lot like Hawaii. <laughs> yeah. And especially when I saw the, the lagoon. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, well, that's another thing. This cast and crew got to go to Hawaii yeah, for well, you three know, months. Yeah. yeah that sounds terrible. They, yeah, I know. Yeah. Poor things. Goodness. You know, May 31st, they started production in 2016 at the brand new Four Seasons. Yeah, wow. Okay. Which, which, you know, it was not too shabby of a place. They have a beautiful infinity pool there, oh, I nice. can tell you. But, oh, yeah, cool. it's just like, you know, production designer Mark Rooker had the unique task of creating all the separate worlds of Snatched. For the bar, where where Linda and Emily meet Roger uh, Ricker, l- look to his own travel photos, which is great because oh, the specific funny. inspiration came from one of my backpacking trips through Costa Rica and Guatemala, and he went through all of his photos and said, "Oh, I want to wow. make it look like this." And hey, whatever they did, I you know I was buying yeah, me too. up I until I saw it. that lagoon and said, "Oh, <laughs> I know exactly." That's, I was just there. Yeah, I bought um, it. Yeah. What was interesting from a production design. Um, thing to me is that uh, Ike Barinholtz and uh, what was the gentleman's name that the government agent that Morgan. he played on Morgan. 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 Yeah. Okay, those two they act they were actually right in the same set together. They didn't film their scenes like just a few feet apart. So, yeah, yeah, literally, just so. And how smart? See, this is just so they can get the chemistry and the timing and the timing down right. And I thought. You don't have that appearance due to editing and the way that it's oh, shot right. and the camera work that they had to. Ca- I'm like, that's that's actually smart thinking. Now I have a question to ask. Yeah, because a lot of televisions use that trip yeah. with the side by side. Sure, they're usually in the same room, yeah. but like it's there's usually yeah. the, yeah. a right. physical border that that shows like they're in two different locations. Yeah, but they're actually at the same time. Now I start to laugh because the black guy's name was Morgan in the film, and Ike plays Morgan on Mindy Project. So I was wondering, is that some uh, kind of inside joke thing, or is that coincidence? No, I don't know. You know, you know, you know, you know what I mean? Like, it's like yeah. same thing with uh, Wanda Sykes' character and Joan playing Barb. She played Barbara on Old Vincent New Christine. Right. Hmm. So I was like, is there some kind of inside? It probably was just coincidence. It was just really, Could for be. me, nice. I caught some, I was watching this going, let's see, play that. It's played the platonic friend of Christine. And I think they kept saying platonic like, friend. Your name's James, but we also have an engineer named James. Right. You know. I don't know. I mean, that I mean, was done on purpose. But that's on purpose. Some movies, they do throw in things sometimes. Just say, I'm just, I just caught these couple of things. But I'm just saying, sometimes they throw things in, in just for themselves yeah. for fun. Maybe. Maybe. But I, mean, I, don't, I don't know. Just, just something like caught. I just caught. I want to add. All right. So, so that was pretty cool that they're feet apart from yeah. another, one another. Now, listen. Joan Cusack says yes to a project where she <laughs> doesn't speak a word. Now, I don't remember the last movie Joan Cusack was, was in. But I always remember her. As early as being in Sixteen Candles, yes, okay, yes. yeah, and I think that she has, in a way, surpassed her brother. Oh, for John, sure. For you know, like I mean, longevity. And, yeah, and for sure, she she's still freaking funny. That she scene is. where she's like rolling around doing all that special ops stuff, I'm like going, 
she's freaking funny and she doesn't say a word the scene where she's I being upset it. putting away all her like yes. her kind of stuff she's gonna torture her homeboy and she's putting stuff she's getting mad she's getting upset Barbara's getting upset and like she's not saying anything but her face is like like, it's like, it was hilarious. Expressions. It was hilarious. Yeah, I, I, th- I thought the moment when, you know, like when they were doing the recon going through the building and whatnot, like in how she was like sleuthing <laughs> from room yeah. to room, yeah. Yeah. hysterical. Um, also, like the first introduction to her character, like he, explaining that her tongue is cut out. She cut she's, she's in the that fountain pool. She's the yes. only one laying down in like a recon position, like yes. looking out for everybody. Yes. I'm yeah. like, what are you doing? Yes. Yeah. But she takes, you know, Joan does a lot of roles. I mean, she's she's one, like you said, surpasses her brother. Absolutely. She does a very variety of roles. I remember her working girl, of course. I mean, things, I mean she does a lot of stuff. It's very, yeah, very, very, very diverse. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, and apparently they said they just offered this role to Joan. And we were like, you're, you're going to think this is crazy, but do you want to play someone who doesn't talk? And Joan herself thought it was funny, so yeah. she jumped funny on board. as hell. She still had to act. I mean, you still have to act. Yeah. Probably even harder. You and like, even, even Wanda Sykes and Amy, she like back up the reasoning for for this character and why she's so funny. It's like we are actors. Like actors love not having lines. Right, yeah, that it's makes sense. Easier. Yes. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Joan was full on board. Yeah, which is uh, fantastic. Which she was is great. Fantastic. She was great. I mean, and Wanda, they both were great. They're a great little pair. Uh, her being a little overbearing and coming in, it's like just being nosy, just jumping in, and always that being cautious. It was hilarious. It was hilarious. Yeah, here's my card. Been... Why don't we have dinner today? Yes. <laughs> what, what did you think of the actor who played Morgado? Did did you like buy him as like a villain, um, someone who was like on this rampage to find these two American women? Throughout in the this whole thing? in this context, yeah, because they played him a little cheesy. I mean, he, the outfits he wore, first of all, the, the track suits and the and yeah. the hair. I, I felt like he was this kind of villain for this kind of movie. Like it, it made it made sense to me. I mean, I didn't have a problem with him. Mm-hmm. I, I believed it. Yeah, I mean, he was he was fine. I, it was again, it's tough because. At one point, I was like, well, if you are, you know, I mean, they were playing up, you killed my favorite nephew. You just killed my only son, my only son. And, like, you just figure, to me, I was having a, like, he's supposed to be this badass, right? And so when he's like, roll down the window, roll down the window. (laughs) It doesn't hurt as much. It doesn't hurt as much. But then I'm, like, going, okay, at that point, if he really is a badass, he's just taking out a gun and shooting like well, he's he not punching. Punched, he punched the window like yeah. a badass. Yeah. So. He punched the window, but he has a gun. What are you punching for if you have a gun? Well, if you like, shoot them, the movie's over. Right. Well, I mean. but yeah. he's the, see, <laughs> right, don't exactly. you think it would have been funnier though? He gives her her pin number. Like again, <laughs> if you're gonna make a kidnap comedy, right? And we already set up at the beginning of the movie that she's pretty destitute. She's out of a job. She doesn't work, yes, right? Really so how money. she already paid for this trip, right? Which yeah. is non-refundable. So. <laughs> If they give her the pin number and they come back and go, Fah! What, 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 what is this? You have no money in the bank. And then Goldie Hawn's like, what? You have no money? Like, that to me is funny other than, well, you're just giving a pin number. We know that you don't have anything, but you didn't play up on that more. Like, that would have been funny. And mm-hmm. that would make kidnapping funny. Kidnapping in Ecuador and in Mexico and wherever, that's not funny these days. And... I don't know. It was a. It was a. It was a tough. That was a tough line to walk. And that villain wanted to be a badass, but he wasn't buffoonish enough to to be ridiculous. To be ridiculous. Yeah, and like I've talked about, and he's a good like, actor. This guy too. Yeah, no, and yeah. I've just talked about you know 
films where a villain wasn't played up as well as a villain yes. could be. Um, <laughs> what I couldn't really buy was, like, you killed my only nephew. And I'm, like, tr- throughout the whole film, I'm trying to remember, like, did we even see your nephew? Was your nephew important enough for us? Like, did they, this is what I'm talking about, like, they didn't develop characters well enough. They didn't develop the nephew well enough for us to make us feel and believe this is the only reason why he's after these two American women. That's true. They didn't. They didn't do that. I'm like, okay, so sorry you lost your favorite nephew, but I don't even remember your nephew. Well, they tried to make it kind of funny, too, when when they were holding the mom captive and the one guy was on Tinder. I did chuckle on that a little bit. Right. The rest of them were watching football because everybody likes football. I mean, soccer. So, I mean, those parts, I think they were, I mean, almost, you're right. They didn't really set it up enough, but I feel like they were all just just kind of like for the next scene. It was like, you want to show you this? Go to the next scene. Like, it wasn't really meant for anything. Right. And, and again, another very clever gag that happened to be in the trailer as well. But it's a funny gag. Oh, was I'm gonna oh. no. Oh, I'm okay. gonna I'm gonna start oh. counting backwards. Oh yeah, that was a, 100, 100, 100, 100, 100, 100, 100, and the guy's like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. That was funny. Again, breaking yourself up to it. What? <laughs> You're so stupid. Right. Um, but see, so, I like I said I like when she did the Capoeira thing. And she, they, they took something from earlier that was and funny. kicked and got and knocked him out. I was like, oh my god, she knocked him down. He was like, you knocked me down. Like, I was like, that part was kind of funny too. They brought something from earlier slapstick. on. Slapstick. I thought that was kind of funny no, too. No, I love like gags like that when there's like physical humor. That's why yeah. you know uh, uh, the Three Stooges is hysterical. Yeah. You know, physical yeah. humor when yeah. you punch or poke someone in the eye. Sure, that's uh, funny. Me too. I'm that's there too. Funny. I'm violence, there too. violence can be work. funny. That's how Warner Brothers cartoons. America's funniest videos. You want to actually hear me? Wow. Yeah. Like, I watch that all the time. Right. It's hysterical. Yeah, you know, if someone trips and falls, I'm going to be laughing at you first before I help you. And, and I got to tell you, the best cameo comedic actor who's in, like, a ton of stuff is Randall Park. Oh, yes. Michael. Yes. Yes. That hair and everything. It's just like his band is taking off. And, like, he's so good as an actor. You say he's he in is, everything. Uh, yeah. He's yeah, in he is everything. everything. He's in everything. He was yeah, good. But yeah. Yeah, you said they didn't really develop him enough to, like, be like, it was like, here's just exposition. Just get him out, yeah. break up with her, yeah. and I did like the interactions. Like I'm, I'm up here. Oh, you're yes. down here. She's like, "Well, can we get like no, no?" He's like, "No, no." Like, no. I did, that was pretty funny. And then I like, well, I'm breaking up with you. Oh, okay, that's fine. That's, <laughs> that's, that's, that's a good. No, but, no. Yes, I did like, I did like that. Really he was funny. funny. He was yes. really funny. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah I, I thought like every character we saw, they were all like they they all had their moments. Yes. Um, yes. Which like it may not have been enough, but it was enough to enjoy. I think so. I yeah. agree. I agree with that. Yeah. Um, and we talk about editing. This was a short, really fast pace, hour and a half. It they was. They didn't spend too much time in a certain scene. Like they, I was more surprised watching this film that they were literally in that prison cell for maybe two minutes. Yeah. They got out super fast. Right. And then when she got to Bogota, it was like all of a sudden she was there. Like they were right. just they yeah. splashed in the name. But it's like, oh, she's like, they're, they're yeah. sure through the jungle by herself or anything. They didn't show any of that stuff. Like, just, she's there. Take a boat. Yeah. Yep. But, no, and, and again, that, that, that's a that's a fine lesson to be learned in doing mm-hmm. a comedy. I they agree. don't have to be two and a half hours long. Yes. Uh, they, they just don't. And, but also uh, like traveling movies too. Sometimes there are, there, we've seen so many buddy buddy films where it's just pure traveling yes. and it gets old when you're in the same place mm-hmm. when you're supposed to be getting to a destination sure. it gets old if you're in the same place for too agreed. long agreed yeah uh huh 
and they were constantly traveling in this. They were constantly traveling, yes. Whether it be boats, by foot, by vines, you know? Basket. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yes. All all sorts of transportation. I agree with that. Yeah, no, it was, uh, again, uh, that was one of the things I respected and appreciated about the movie is brevity. I agree. Brevity in a comedy, it never overstays its welcome. You're truly right about that. Uh, yeah. And uh, you know, it's in, it's out, it's easy for the studio. It gets some, it gets some more show times in the theaters. So, uh, you know, it's 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 all very, it, it works for a comedy. We had a lot of previews <laughs> in our theater. Yeah, same here. Yeah, okay. I, I saw and a lot of previews. Can, for, yeah. Yeah. You can do that too with the ninety. Yeah, we got a lot, and we saw yeah. Maria Menounos, of course. At our theater, we oh, saw her beginning. Yeah, I was like, I know she does that. Yeah, um, but we had a lot of previews. She a films lot of it right here, right here, right here <laughs> in the studio. Um, but no, she, uh, it, no, there was a lot of previews. I was like, oh, okay. So I knew it was gonna be a short film in a way. It's like to be a lot of previews. <laughs> yeah, like the previews were half the film. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> like twenty minutes of previews. For seriously, an hour and it was. Film. It was seriously. You know, um, what like what I actually enjoyed about this film was the music. And James, I know you like the music, mm-hmm. but the, like we had a lot of pop songs yeah. in um, in this film that really got the vibe. Of, you know. S- South American Latino kind of vibe, yes. but also like there was orchestral music in this. We had Chris Bacon and Theater Shapiro. I love Theater Shapiro. Mm-hmm. I have bought two film tracks, and both of them have been Theater oh, Shapiro. Wow. Um, he's great. Um, so uh, Theater Shapiro was actually out of um, country when they were scoring this, but like he definitely added his two cents to the score. Mm-hmm. Chris Bacon really took the helm on this. Um, but they, it was a 57-piece orchestra, which you might not have known. For those who are tuning into yeah. iTunes, we have pictures of the actual orchestra right. um, working together and, and you know scoring this film. They scored it at the Newman Scoring Stage. Uh, it was really neat. And mm-hmm. um, I really like the music, the classical music, mm-hmm. the orchestral score, and the, the, the songs that were placed throughout. The I agree, too. Well, it, it's interesting, too, that, we bring, that we're talking about music because... Jonathan Levine's movies are really, they are, they're music uh, intensive. Uh, He Mm -hmm. uses like pop music, source music. uh, But at the beginning of this movie, he sat with his editor at the beginning and he said, this isn't going to be a music driven movie. And he purposely, we're going to use all Latin American music. We're going to have it just blended into the background. So we're not going to do any montage stuff. (laughs) And then I found out we were going through it and it started making, he started making a playlist for himself in his head. And he's like Latin dance music, tropical music from Brazil. I started playing that for myself to sort of enhance the vibe a bit. And then he said, well, then I sort of kind of reverse engineered the process. And this gentleman, Gabe Hilfer, who is the music supervisor, they just reverse engineered the, the soundtrack. I never had this kind of macro feeling of what it should be. Mm-hmm. And as we started to work through it, the cues, cues in, cues by, cues basis, it started to take on its own shape. So even it became eclectic, diverse. And he just said that... Uh, they had for everything him, from different. Major Laser to Van Morrison. Van Morrison. They had Major Laser, that's so funny. And like uh, a song that we started off on our show, yeah. like uh, Kamikaze by Mo. Yes. Um, but like the, the fun popish songs. Yeah. Well, like I, I, I enjoyed it. And it's just very interesting going into it at the beginning of the process and how it morphed and changed into how he ended it. And, and I just found it interesting that he reverse engineered the soundtrack, which usually... And all the times we've talked about soundtrack, it's that is not, not, that not the way, way. Yeah. it's done. It's not that way. You know? 
So uh, I found that that's interesting, too. And that, that gave him a challenge. And it gave some in life, too. Sure. You know? We just talked about in the movie where music is overbearing. But, like, this <laughs> one, like, really, like, helped the transition from place to place. Yeah. yeah. And, and, like, think about what, what source music. And source music means something that might come from a radio. So it's usually, like, pop music or something like that, mm-hmm. you know, can help pick up a movie. It can help... Um, it can help in- enhance a feeling, whether it's laughter or whether it's sadness. And it could be poppy kind of music or Van Morrison type, you know, you yeah. could get romance. And this movie had that balance, you know. Um, so it wasn't used uh, exploitatively. It-, it really worked, you know. And at the yeah. end, with James, Goldie, you like the music. Yeah, the what music. Were your and, takes? and yeah, and Goldie and them dancing at the end. It was, just, it was such. A, it's a fun song to dance to. It's fun. They were dancing to it. Goldie, to me, was like she's seventy-one years old, just like light as air, just having the time of her life uh, as her character and probably as herself. Just thinking she's having a good time. Um, I, just, I love. Yeah, the music was to me. Music's very integral when it comes to movies. And in the past, a lot of times they were much more music heavy. Nowadays, it's kind of they dole it out to certain movies. You know, you just re- you just reminded me of something too when you were talking about Goldie, her age and everything. Mm-hmm. Right, she looked mm-hmm. like she was having a good time. Phil and I talked about this movie. Where we talk about people in the twilight of their years coming together. There's this movie going in style. Oh yeah, okay. oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So when we were talking about it, I was saying, geez, Phil, such a hard movie to research because in every interview I'm reading about these people, particularly uh, Alan Arkin, he just seems so crumrudgeny. <laughs> like, he just didn't seem happy to be there. He gave, he made an interview with a guy so uncomfortable really? when it was unnecessary. Oh and I'm thinking, Goldie Hawn was the exact opposite of that. Yeah. You know, like, they were, they, they, they were asking Morgan Freeman, Alan Arkin, and, and Michael Caine. So, did you guys get along on set together? And they're like, well, you know, we didn't really get together until after the movie was over because once we finished our scene, we basically just went in our trailers and slept. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Like, so, you know, and when you're researching a movie, a, a movie that, in my opinion, wasn't particularly to, to good, to. it's tough to listen to and it's tough to talk about. Yeah. When they're so, com- when somebody's so congregionary, especially when you look up to them. I didn't get that sense from Goldie Hawn at all. I totally got what you were saying. She was having fun, and she didn't... Not once in any interview did I read... Yeah, as soon as they said cut, I went back into my yeah. I went back into my trailer and slept. I went back into my Four Seasons room and took a nappy. <laughs> yeah. You know, she and Amy seemed to actually get along. Uh, Amy missed her after they wrapped. Yeah. Like Amy actually said in the interview, she's like, "I'm I yeah. just missed her, you know, like missed her presence, missed her vibe, missed well, watched, her smell." I she just, had said that on her. Yeah, yeah. Well, I watched her. Well. Awesome, both they were on Watch Weapons Live with Andy Cohen recently too, mm-hmm. and it was fun to see them sitting together in the clubhouse. That's where he does his thing in the clubhouse, and it's fun to see them sitting. Together. And they were having such a good time together. They just, they, she was just like. There's like, I mean, I could tell that Andy was just like, "This is Goldie Hawn," like, but it was just like her and Amy were still having that same fun. On this late night show, yeah, had a good time for half hour. Just had a good time. Agreed, yeah. yeah. And, and I never got. I mean, Goldie, there's no sense of complaining. No, no. she mm-hmm. seemed to have fun, and that's why I hope that she had enough fun. Yeah, where she might want to do yeah. another movie, whether it's with Amy Schumer or anybody else. Or just like keep doing movies. Now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, the music was. I liked the music a lot. I thought, it was, yeah. I thought it was good. I thought it fit. I think everything fits. And like you said, it took us to a journey where they were going through their journey. It was mm-hmm. like really. It yeah. matched up. It was really interesting how it matched up. Yeah. I loved it. Let's talk about the uh, box office. And, uh, it, I mean, it came in second. It's okay. Um, after. Well, 
Guardians, Guardians was in its second week. So yeah, let's, but like let, opening let, weekend was fair. nineteen million, nineteen and a half, like nineteen point five million. Yeah, nineteen and a half million. Not too Did shabby. Did better than King Arthur. Did better than King Arthur. <laughs> now we talked. Uh, you know, for those who didn't join us on King Arthur, one thing we did talk about was release date. Yeah. For this movie, this is snatched, <laughs> This is perfect. Yes. Yeah. You know, this is a perfect release date for this movie. Yeah. I think it benefited. Um, it benefited because a there isn't a rated R. There isn't a comedy out there right now that I can think of yeah. that, that no, that's in theaters not. right no. now. So it was good counter programming. You're releasing this on Mother's Day, and this yep. is being a a Mother's Day Mother's comedy, Day right? Yeah. So. Um, a lot of uh, you know, mother. A lot of people who haven't seen Goldie might want to go. So, so daughters and mothers can go, families can go, regardless of whether or not Fit this the is rated R. They did perfectly, did perfectly so. So, when you get um, you know a fifty, or no, a nineteen, almost twenty million, and we're looking at a budget of forty-two million. Dollars. That that's a production budget. Not it's not too bad at no. all, considering right now your domestic total is like twenty five million. So your foreign is three. So worldwide, we're doing about twenty eight million. Yeah. Right. We're going to go into this weekend mm-hmm. again. There's still counter programming involved. Okay, mm-hmm. because we still have Guardians, but the big movie is Alien, Alien Covenant, yeah, yeah. and a lot of women may not be going to that's Alien true. Covenant, They're but not. they'll yeah. be hearing the good word of mouth. <laughs> Yeah. From this movie, which was a B, um, they'll go see this movie. So it'll have, it shouldn't have a significant, shouldn't have a terrible drop in its second weekend. Although Mother's Day did help yeah. the gross on Sunday. It did. Um, so. it, there was a significant increase on Mother's Day. Yeah. Um, weekend because and but there'll be a larger drop because it started off so big. There'll be a larger drop expected for. Yeah, yeah, nineteen, yeah, nineteen point five million opener, which but, is to be expected. But every uh, woman but, I've talked to loved the movie. Of the, yeah, the public, they I'm said they saw it. it. Everybody, I mean, everybody I talked to, they loved it. Yeah. I texted James right after, yeah. and I'm like, well, I don't know why people are hating this film. Yeah, I know. If you're expecting an Oscar movie, it's not that good. No, not at all. Yeah. But not like, at all. I don't know why people are hating this well, film me neither, because me I laughed a yeah, lot. I laughed a lot too. I, again, I, my only thing is. I, well, I but, told but you, you why. The, I, like, but you hate the film, though. You well, hate I, I it. Didn't, it, like, it didn't make me Amy angry. But, no, there was no hate towards Amy Schumer. I wish the material were better. Um, th- that's my only thing. The 37%, you know, sort of there. I was a little bit surprised that it only got a B in cinema score. I thought it might have been a little bit higher. Yeah. Yeah. Plus um, or like, I'm exactly. only 32 yeah, and the audience percent on Rotten Tomatoes is only thirty six. Yeah, which is so, interesting to me. Super low. That's the audience. Rotten. Okay, I started a relatively crowded house, crowded theater. Okay, mm-hmm. the audience I saw had a with, good time. Yeah, yeah, it was a good time. It, you know, but it, it was like I said, it was a relatively crowded theater. The audience I know that I saw it with was laughing out loud. Yeah. And again, when you're seeing a comedy, uh, you know, I've said this before, too, laughter is always infectious. Mm -hmm. So if the crowd's really into a comedy, you end up laughing, even if it's not even that funny. That's true. How about, tell me about your audiences that you saw it with. So I saw it, we saw it around the same time. It was like, it was middle of the week. It was Wednesday at five, like five something in the afternoon. But we actually had, um, I would say it was about maybe 30 of us in there, which is not bad for like a midweek kind of, you know, afternoon. And everybody laughed. 
everybody was laughing. The people mm-hmm. were crying and they're laughing. So that was my crowd. And I, I had to run up to around. The crowd was around 20s and 30s. I probably was one of the older ones there. And like I said, my daughter's 28. So it was like it was like 20s and 30s, mostly women. So Similar my for crowd, you? It wasn't like fully packed, but it was all 20s. And but I noticed that some people laughed at some jokes and other people laughed at other jokes. Oh, funny. Yeah. Like okay. I was laughing at some jokes that no one else was laughing at. Oh, interesting. Um, so I felt like humor is definitely subjective. Yeah, it for is. People. It is. It like is. and I felt there was some slapstick humor, some actual written humor, yeah. and and then situational humor. Well, you know, in, in I think where that falls is if you have the Goldie Hawn fans, okay, because this is her first, let's say, rated R. Yeah, like comedy, like yeah. raunchy comedy. Yeah. She's been in rated R movies before, yeah, right. but this is her first rated R raunchy comedy. And the people who are going to see Goldie Hawn, they might not be—they're going to see her. They may not be overly familiar with Amy Schumer, and 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 know that 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 Amy Schumer can be a little raw. So that's why that maybe they didn't laugh at some of the raunchier stuff because they're just not anticipating Goldie Hawn to be in a movie like that. I say. I say from a career move, it was a good move for Goldie to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, the movie in its second week, it should do anywhere between 8 and $10 million. I, I don't foresee, you know, if you did 19, you know, if it does anything lower than 8, then then, then its legs are going to be tough going into Memorial Day yeah. weekend. But yeah. it should do okay. You know, yeah. and it got a lot of notoriety for beating out King Arthur, which yeah. they... You know, which is a bigger summer kind of a movie. Bigger you know? draw. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, I mean, I, I got to give this props. I, I felt it was very funny, especially coming mm-hmm. from a woman who was woman driven. So, like, I give it props for that. Um, it was good timing. We've talked about movies that had good timing and bad timing. This was a good timing for for it, this film. It was a good. It had everything state. lined up. It had the demographic. It had the timing, and even the the comedy and the jokes with it. So overall, I enjoyed this film. Mm-hmm. Same here. Um, any last thoughts for you guys? No, I, I, I enjoyed. I really, I really enjoyed it. Again, happy to see my girl Goldie back. Um, I think Amy's again. I agree with you earlier. Amy's on the right path. I think, but she's going to really have to really pick and choose her next couple of projects carefully. I think um, because yeah. you don't want to fall into that rut of you do the same thing over and over again either. Right. But also, she has to stay like what you said, Marissa. Really stay kind of within her wheelhouse of what she can do. And I don't yeah. think it's a bad. I don't think it's a bad idea to partner her, to partner her up with other people. Oh, I agree. Like other than having to shoulder a movie all on her own. I agree. If she continues to partner herself up with talented people mm-hmm. around her, I think it gets her. I mean, again, I don't know Amy Schumer. Okay, so. But I, I really do think that it gets her creativity going. And she, if she's put in, like, if you put her with a Melissa McCarthy or even with a Goldie Hawn again or or um, Katie, uh, who's the girl? Kate McKinnon. Kate, 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 McKinnon. Kate McKinnon, right? Mm-hmm. Then, you know, comedians Today's work off comedy. of, yeah, yeah I mean, you know, comedy works off, feeds off itself that mm-hmm. way, mm-hmm. you know? And so I think if you pair her up with the right person, you know, I think she'll continue and have a really good movie career. Yeah. I, from what I understand, I I, I, I had heard, I and I don't know if it's a rumor, but she's supposed to be working. 
I guess her and Jennifer Lawrence had become oh, very yeah. good they're friends. They're, they're buddy buddy. They're best buds, and they're, and they're working something. on a script together. We'll see if that uh, yeah. if anything actually yeah. comes yeah. from yeah. that. Yeah. But thanks yeah. everyone for tuning in and watching Snatched and joining us for this dissection. Uh, hopefully, no one's dissecting the tapeworms because that's nasty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 yeah. But. Um, in the meantime, where can everyone follow you? James, thanks for joining us. It was my pleasure. Yeah, Thank man. you. Thank it you. It was good. Thank it's making you, you come to all my shows. Yeah, I know. I was just five followers first, girls. I, I made all the guys come here. You <laughs> did too. You can follow me at James Lott Jr. at all social media platforms. And this weekend on our sister network, it is my one year anniversary shows for a bold breakdown and restless wrap up. I have special <laughs> guests coming on. Nice. I have lots of people calling in. We have champagne flowing on, on air. Mm-hmm. And I'm very excited to have these two shows I created oh, for. This. So I'm very excited. Thank you. Awesome. You awesome. You can uh, please support me on Twitter at dmovies1701. I always talk. I love talking movies. Hey, I think I think we need to do a special shout out. Mr. Anthony, our producer, who's doing the tech stuff, the ones and twos. <laughs> He's graduating today. He's graduating so today. He's graduating he's today. Thank you so much. Uh, to just say, he's being thrown out into the real world. Good yep. Good luck. Yep. So, good luck. Uh, you know, good for you, uh, you know, and uh, uh, yeah, congratulations. We've all been there. We've all been there. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. You can follow me on Twitter at Serafini TV. You can follow all of us here at The Popcorn Talk um, on Twitter and our particular show at Movie Anatomy. We have a bunch of summer blockbusters coming up, so stay tuned all summer long. And thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye, all. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the rest of the Anatomy of a Movie staff, we would like to thank you for listening and subscribing to the show. If you have any questions or comments, feel free to email or tweet us. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been Anatomy of a Movie.